1: It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs. Jokic behind his back. What a take by Jokic! Hey Nuggets Nation, you're listening to the Pickaxe Podcast. Now, here's your hosts, the Denver Stiffs.
0: Welcome in ladies and gentlemen to the Pickaxe Podcast. We are so happy you are with us on your Labor Day weekend, taking some time out. Hope you're you're having a happy Labor Day today. Um, I know Well, I'm recording this, it's not quite Labor Day, it's almost Labor Day. It's about 11 o'clock at night on Sunday. Uh, It's East Coast Labor Day, man. East East Coast. Coast. (laughs) There you go. There you go. So uh, coming in over the horn right there you heard was Mr. Gordon Gross. Gordon, how's your weekend going, buddy?
2: Pretty good, man. Nobody made me shovel some concrete, so I'm good
0: to go. <laughs> that's right. Yes, yes. I have been laboring on my Labor Day weekend, that's for sure. I've been building a fence all day, which is why we've not been able to podcast till about 11 o'clock at night. And I feel terrible about it because I'm not sure if our other co-host, Miss Ashley Douglas, who, who was very, very uh, clear about when her bedtime was. Uh, I'm not sure <laughs> if she'll make it through this before falling asleep, but uh, Ashley, what's going on?
3: Not much. Yeah, we probably have T minus 45 minutes, so we'll see.
0: <laughs> 45 <laughs> minutes. We're going to have to keep it quick. You're on the clock, man. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, that's okay. We'll just we'll just edit out the snoring. No worries. No that's worries. That's good. Yeah. Exactly. Um So, yeah, uh so it's uh just another kind of another slow week. We're almost we're almost out of the slow weeks here for basketball. It's so close, man. And we figure what media day is. Oh man, just about 3 weeks away. Um, and then right after that, they'll roll into training camp. And then after that training camp in Boulder this year, actually, too. So we'll be able to check out some of that. we we'll don't have to drive to Nebraska, um, which is great. Always becomes good. Yeah. We were the, we were the one we were the only ones last year who who were just, it's, and I think it's because Denver stiffs writing staff is in general, average age is a little bit older uh, than some of the other kind of uh, blog outlets around town. We were the only ones who did not actually take the trip down there to, uh, To Nebraska to actually see it live in person because I think we were all like, "Yeah, I gotta work." Yeah, that's pretty much it. We have bills to pay. Other people who are like, you know, skipping college classes can go to those things. Exactly, they can take a week off from class and check out Creighton. Um, but not this year. Not this year. We're at C- We're going to be at CU, so it'll be it'll be good. I'll try and get down there at least a couple times. Um, but otherwise, I mean, as far as what's going on with the Nuggets right now, there there's a there's a couple things the Nuggets hired. We haven't even touched on the fact. So a couple weeks ago, Nuggets hired uh, Bob Weiss as as an assistant coach um, with the team, and then just this week they hired another one, David Adelman of Rick Adelman Heritage. Um, So I want to talk about those two guys. First thing I want to get into, though, is Las Vegas did set the line for over-under wins uh, for every team in the NBA, not just the Nuggets, but the Nuggets, of course, involved in that. I have been receiving a lot of hate on Twitter um, for where I think they're going to fall on that. So we we will bust into that, and I'll try and explain myself better than I can in 140 characters at least. Uh, and then finally, as you know, we've been doing the, um, we've been doing the player walkthroughs. We've done Gary Harris. We've done Emmanuel Moutier. We've done Jamal Murray. We've done Nicole Jokic. So uh, as far as our young core goes, there's really only uh, a couple more left. And the next one on the list would have to be Wancho Hernan Gomez, who is also right now over playing in the Eurobasket tournament for Spain and getting some significant minutes. So good times. I need to talk about Wancho um as well gordon it sounded like you were going to say something there so i wanted to give you i'm just
2: saying on. i'm not sure that any amount of explanation is going to help you out with uh, nuggets fans when they hear your win <laughs> prediction so you
0: know, it's funny. i think you're just screwed i've written i have written two two uh somewhat. one one was a flat out you know way too early prediction the other one was more of just a breakdown of the line that was set but i've written two now articles about uh about the Nuggets and where, generally where I think they're going to fall this season. And what's funny is the second one, when I actually was more optimistic, that's the one people are beating me up about. The first more pessimistic one, nobody, it's like it slipped through the cracks. Nobody even noticed.
2: Nobody um, heard your 42 wins. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> there it is. All right. All right.
0: Gordon broadcast it out. Yeah, I did originally predict the Nuggets next year to win 42 games. When I first, when they released the schedule, I went through it game by game. And I said, "Ah, eh, I think 42. So, um but anyway, so let's, let's, let's bust into that. Why not? It is, so, uh, Vegas set the line. What is it? The Vegas, uh, one of the casinos there always comes out with it. The super book, um, He's the first one. When is it here? Let's see. Westgate. The Westgate. I want to make sure to give them credit because they always do come up with this first. And then, of course, uh, Ben Fox over at ESPN. He must hang out at that casino a lot because he's always got the first first one to report You're it. Right. <laughs> he, he just hangs out there and down there at the bar and waits for them to post the lines. and <laughs> That's his scoop for the year. No, I joke. I joke. I'm sure Ben's a good guy. I never met him, but I'm sure he's great. Um, anyway, so the Vegas set the lines. Uh, the Denver Nuggets coming in at 45 and a half. Now, the interesting thing about the Nuggets being at 45 and a half is that is way, way better than where they have been the past two seasons. I think they the before last year, I think they were at 34 and a half. And I believe the season before that, I want to say 30 and a half. In um, both of those times, I looked at those right on the forefront and said, well, that's an easy take the over on that because i know the nuggets well enough and and right they're gonna pass those i mean last year's was especially ridiculous they said 34 and a half i think the nuggets what won 32 games the year prior so they essentially said hey even though you figured out this guy Nikola jokic sort of i guess considering how the start of the season went but (laughs) even though you know at least you've got this guy Nikola jokic we we think that's only going to equate to two wins so that last year was was to me was really easy this year, 45.5, man, that is a that is a tough one. So, uh, let, I mean, let's bust into what we've been talking about. I'm pessimistic. I would take the under. If you were going to force me to bet that line, I would take the under. I think getting six wins, a six-win improvement is going to be harder uh, than it seems, especially as the more wins you get, it, the harder it is to improve your winning margin year by year, uh, if that makes any sense. So, essentially, it's a lot easier to go from 34 to 40, uh, or thirty-two to forty than it is to go to forty to forty-six is what I'm saying there. So um, I think I, I think though it's a pretty competitive line. If I if I was a betting man, I would stay away from it in general. Um, if I were going to set it personally, I might drop it one game. I think forty-four point five is probably right there because I think the Nuggets are probably right about forty-four wins on the season. Ashley, what about you? Did you think forty-five and a half wins was was too high, too low, just right?
3: I think it's probably just about right. I mean, I think the Nuggets aren't going to struggle as much at the beginning of the season this year with Paul Millsap, and now that the young guys have a little bit of footing underneath them, and obviously we've seen some pictures of Wancho. Looks like he's. We'll talk about this Muscle later, watch. but That's
0: right. yeah, he's.
3: You know, so I, I think I think they're in good shape. That I think the variable is going to be if Mike Malone decides to tinker with the roster and the lineup too much, right? And play, you know, the the up up power, power forwards power forward yeah <laughs> yeah so, yeah we'll see what happens there but uh if they play the guys that uh, they're gonna start i, I think
0: yeah no. I so we're that yeah. gordon i i you, you broke up on me there a little bit but what were you saying about this I might have just lost Gordon. All right. Well, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna stick with you, Ashley, and see if we can. See. No, no,
2: no. I just said that. Oh, there he yeah, is. if no
0: wants to play that
2: power forward one, I'll...
0: that's weird. I can be, hear you. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, we'll just keep rolling. I'll tell you what, Gordon. We'll we'll figure it out. I mean, because I could. You're, you're coming in a little bit, but it's a uh, it's a bit tough. This is going to be the toughest podcast. This is what happens when you podcast it. Let me hear people. All right. The computer
3: is sleeping. I'm not asleep. Gordon, computers is Gordon's, Gordon's computer, computer is asleep. Is asleep.
0: <laughs> um, I thought you brought up a good point there, though, Ashley, about about Malone, and I think what Gordon's getting at too there is is you got these four power forwards, um, and. <laughs> Yeah, the, the temptation has got to be there for Coach to use it, right? Because we've seen Coach do this in the past. He's he's always been given a, a tough task in terms of, of managing minutes for guys because he's usually got about 11 or 12 guys who legitimately could be rotation players. Um, Now he doesn't have those. And, he's, and it's fair.
3: Like, he wants to get them experience. He wants to see how viable they are, you know, who's going to be the next go-to guy. So... I get why they're going to need to do some of that, but I, I just hope he he doesn't do too much of it, you know.
0: Right, right, yeah. I mean, there, there there's I think a certain allotment of time, whether it's you know a couple of weeks or or a month or whatever, where you you got to figure out kind of your rotations, and he should he should you you'd think he'd have somewhat of an advantage now. This being his his third uh, season with the team. But you know now he's got Paul Millsap that he's got to integrate. He's got to figure out what he's going to do with Trey Lyles. He's he's got to have to figure out okay is Jamal Murray going to be my starting point guard and can he actually play that role? Um, there, there's a number of of nuances to this lineup that he hasn't had in the past that I think are going to give him um, some trouble. All right, so I think we got Gordon. I think we got our, our technical difficulties figured out here with Gordon. So Gordon, you were talking about um, the four power forwards, which I was just touching on as well, and how and how you know, like we said, I mean Malone's known to tinker with lineups maybe too long. Uh, we saw he, he we probably clung to the the Nurkic Jokic lineup too long last season. How big of a concern is that, and how much does that affect the the win loss total? Well,
2: for me, it's for like I would predict the Nuggets to win like forty seven games this year but the problem is that counts on them getting it right out of the gate like you have to win the early matchups so the early season games are going to be really right. crucial for this team like you don't you don't want to be trying to make it up down the stretch they have some brutal runs at the end of the year right so if you're gonna make your 46 47 48 win and where does wancho fit and should i point they want to show and Wiles next to each other, or right. like you can't be. It's going to be really, really crucial for Malone to come out of the gate with the lineup that he wants to play, and not try to put a thirteen-man rotation together like he has the last couple of years. Like they cannot be doing that this year. Uh yeah.
0: Here's the th- here's 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 the thing. Here's the thing about Malone, um, and, and what you're saying is, I, I would hope that he's at least learned his lesson um, from, from last season. And that I'd hope that maybe he's, he's, you know, cause he went through that for a while where he tried to make like a 12 man rotation work and it just didn't work. Uh, and finally when he tightened it up to about a nine, 10 man rotation, we started to see some consistency. So I would hope he would learn his lesson and continue with that. I guess we'll see. Um, the other thing, the other thing that I want to, I wanted to talk about that was, I think one of the things that people are forgetting when, they, when they're when they setting this line, because listen, we're, we're expecting the Nuggets to improve. Everybody is. Even I'm saying that. I'm not saying I think the Nuggets are going to win 40 games again. But I think one of the things that people are forgetting about is that, yeah, we picked up Paul Millsap. Um, but we lost Danilo Gallinari. And, and Gallo, I feel like, is the impact he has on the team. Specifically the impact he had on the Nuggets. Specifically had the impact he had on the Nuggets while playing with Nicole Jokic. I think it's just so underrated because when he when he was with Nicola, he had the ability to become this hyper efficient scorer who basically was only getting open looks and then free throws. Those were pretty much the only two types of shots he was taking. I mean, I remember last year in the preseason, he had man, he had one of the most most efficient uh, preseasons I've ever seen. I think his true shooting number was like something like up in the eighty percent. So. To me, losing Gallo offsets a lot of what Paul Millsap um, brings to you in terms of total wins. Now look, Paul Millsap is a, is a 10 times better defender than Gallo. He's a 10 times better defender than anybody on this team. And I, the Nuggets obviously need help on the defensive end way more than they need to on the offensive end. So I think Paul Millsap is still a net positive over Danilo Gallinari, but I just don't think it's as much as people are expecting. Well, Actually, well, all right, go ahead, Gordon. What do, what do you think?
2: My issue with that is uh, the Nuggets won a ton of games um, at the end of last season. You know, once 12-15 happened and we got Jokic in the starting lineup again. So all of those early Gala moments didn't help us win games. They won games later in the season. And Gala missed, what, 15 games in, in February, uh, March, April? Like, he missed a ton of right. games. and. They did just fine winning without him. They won at, what, a 44-win clip without him? Or a 44-win clip with Jokic down to the line, right? 12-15 uh, right. on. So we're not asking for them to win 12 and go forward, except Millsap should be a couple of games more than Gallo course of the season, mostly because he's right. going to play. Like, that's, that's what you're looking at. So I— I don't think they're asking them for a large stretch to make the 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 Vegas line is all I'm saying.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I don't know. I just here's the thing. I, I, the thing is, is you got to start counting up. Okay, what are the what are the ways that they're going to get these extra wins? What is worth extra wins? And to me, adding Paul Millsap, which clearly is worth extra wins, but to me, it's worth one or two instead of three or four because you're at the same time subtracting away. Um, what Gallo gave, me. and I just think there, there were games, man, last year where where Gallo, being one of the more veteran guys, being the best veteran scorer on the team, there were games I think he bailed them out. Um, that I'm a little Absolutely. concerned with, you know. Yeah. They, who, who? So who's the bailout guy not, now? I guess right. Is it, is it Wilson Chandler? Um, or better you for just Jokic, all, man. Yeah, right. I would say you just go all on Jokic, or maybe it's Millsap. I mean, that that's maybe that's a that's a way he can go. Um, as well, Ashley, what are your kind of thoughts on on how Gallo offsets Millsap's addition?
3: Well, I think I'm I've always been a, a Gallinari fan, and and Gallinari's presence, love him or hate him, he, it's going to need to be replaced somehow. He brought a huge scoring presence to the Nuggets, and you're right, The Nuggets don't have a scoring problem. But that was when Gallinari was on the team, and I know that there's plenty of other people to fill that role. But somebody's going to have to step up and be the guy, and I don't know that Wilson Chandler is that guy. I think Gallinari's personality has a little more gumption than than Wilson Chandler. Obviously, Wilson Chandler Chandler has the scoring prowess. He's not right. he doesn't have issues there, but um, they're going to have to figure out how to fill it. It's it's definitely you you can't lose what was you know your best offensive scorer and not have a huge impact on the team, in my right, opinion. Right.
0: Right. Yeah, no, and I I agree, and I I think, you know, people will look at it and say, well, you know, Millsap Millsap can hold his own on the offensive end, Um, and you expect some some improvement from Nikola Jokic simply from the fact more that you're going to actually start him as the center uh, throughout the entire season, and then, you know, maybe some improvement from Gary Harris, Jamal Murray. Uh, a guy who you can have a lot of improvement. And I, uh, but here's the thing: I learned this. I learned this from from being a Rockies fan. Is, is is where it comes from. You you start doing those things where you start saying, well, you know, hey, if if Jamal Murray improves, Gary Harris improves, and Nicole Jokic, we get him over the whole season, and then he's able yeah. to maintain that consistency, and you know, bring in Paul Millsap. Yeah, suddenly you start adding if after if after if, and you start thinking, well, what is the actual probability that all these things are going to hit? And it's just not likely. And and the, the other thing that I keep bringing up to people is like we're also pretty much counting on the Nuggets being healthy the entire season. Because you take yeah. other than maybe other than maybe Gary Harris, because I think you could probably survive uh, sliding Jamal over to the two guard and and maybe starting Jameer in a pinch. I think that you could probably be okay there. But so but if you lose Jamal Murray. Um, and you're forced to basically be play Jamal, Jameer Nelson and Emmanuel Moody as your point guards. If you lose Wilson Chandler, you have no small forward. Uh, if you lose Paul Millsap, even though you're 20 deep at power forward, you've got nobody of his caliber. And certainly if you lose Nicole <laughs> Jokic, any one of those guys gets hurt. Like the whole thing is is just a giant, giant question mark after that point. So yeah, that, but it's that way for any good
2: team. Man. I mean, unless you're Golden State. Like if you're Golden State, you can survive without Durant. But I mean if, if if you're playing in Oklahoma City and Paul George goes down, well, you're not winning 50 games it's, that's the same for any like of these contenders is that they're real guys have to play. We're just not used to it because it's Denver, and we've been the no, most injured team in the league for the last three years. Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: right. Yeah, that's fair. I, I was just looking at it. You're right. I mean, Oklahoma City's at 51.5. If either Westbrook – just one of Westbrook or George goes down there, they're not making that. Um, no. Minnesota, yeah. man. Minnesota's got a really high line. I'd be taking the under there as well. So, uh, so that's just a lot
2: I, to gel in a short period of time, man. Like Minnesota is gonna have to put so much together out of the gate to make that mark. That's that's still, my concern with
0: them. They still got nobody who can shoot the ball here, which is the which is an issue. Um, they got lots so of lots guys of who want lo- to shoot the ball. Come on, <laughs> yeah, that's true. They got lots of guys that have no problem taking the shots, They're just making them. Man, that's their issues. Um, but let's 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 get into that though, because so they were trying to figure out kind of like where this this, this forty five or forty six win. Point. Where would that put the Nuggets in terms of, of playoff seeding? If you look at just the lines, it, that would put them at six. They would be behind. You would obviously have Golden State at the number one seed, uh, Houston at number two, San Antonio at number three, Oklahoma City at number four. I think that's pretty much spot on. Um, then Minnesota at five, which, like we said, that might be a bit ambitious. Uh, nuggets at six, Clippers at seven, and the Blazers would round out the playoffs at Number eight, according to these Vegas lines, who, see, again, I, I, I think six, probably pretty close to about right. I I have just as many questions about whether the Nuggets could get a fifth seed as I do about Minnesota, as I do about Los Angeles, as I do about Portland or New Orleans or anybody. I think that's a total crapshoot for, for five through eight. Five through eight, so, agreed. Yeah. So, you know, they uh, could they get it? Sure. Could they not? Um anyway. They, they could. They could not. Uh, Ashley, what do you think? Where do you think the Nuggets end up as far as playoff seeding this year?
3: I don't think they uh, get above seven. That's my opinion. Oh. I mean, you look at teams like Golden State, San Antonio, Oklahoma City, Houston, Memphis. I
0: that's mean, true. Memphis isn't it? Where do they have Memphis on this? They
3: have like Memphis I like
0: 10th or something, yeah. 37 and a half. Wow. Just, I that's think an that, easy uh, over. I think the Clippers
3: might, and Clippers in Minnesota might be wild cards. We'll see how they, we'll see how they do. Right. And
0: A lot of change, um, right?
3: Yeah, I think Utah, I don't think Utah is in, uh, but I think, yeah, it's seven or eight, but not higher than, than seven, I think. Sorry.
0: I thought, I thought for a second you were about to bring the the late night uh, hot take, because I thought you were about to say, I don't think the Nuggets are going to make the playoffs. I was like, whoa!
3: Well, I mean, I guess even... we'll see, you know, right? I think you have Portland, which as much mm-hmm. as i not a, Yusuf Nurkic fan. They could get it together, and and they could be kicked out of that. I think that you know there are Mm -hmm. several wild cards there. um, Right. You look
1: at.
0: I mean, you look at so you look at the teams that are under them. Portland, I could see Portland being better. Utah. I mean, if Rudy Gobert is everything that Ryan Blackburn thinks he is, then uh, he'll absolutely. uh, (laughs) They could be ahead of the Nuggets. Um, Phoenix. I don't know. Ah, Phoenix is gonna be garbage. <laughs> um The Pelicans, if they can figure it out. Uh the Grizzlies, like that's the crazy one to me, because they still the Grizzlies still have they still have like they lost Zach Randolph and they don't have Tony Allen anymore. But let's be honest, those guys were on their very last legs. And granted, yes, Marcus is, All is getting long in the tooth and and Mike Connolly is certainly starting to head towards the back end of his prime, but they still have Mike Connolly and Marc Gasol. It's, do not, right? do not
2: bet against the Grizzlies. You're like that's right. that's a terrible idea.
0: That that I hadn't even noticed that until we just brought it up now. That to me is like nah, that. if I was a if I was gonna have a betting website, that would be my lock right there. Take the over on Memphis. That's nuts. I mean, even even look at Dallas at thirty five and a half, and it's like, well, if if Dirk finds that fountain of youth one more time and. Yeah, I can't talk to myself in the Dallas. What am I saying? No,
2: I'm not buying Dallas. But (laughs) (laughs) the
0: Nuggets could absolutely
2: win the playoffs, man. They could miss the playoffs completely. Now, Mm -hmm. I think Malone gets fired if they miss the playoffs. Oh, yeah. For sure. But they could definitely miss the playoffs, and it wouldn't take a lot of injuries. It would take some mismanagement. It would take some lack of chemistry to start the season. It would take a couple of terrible— Yeah, yeah, a couple of last-minute horrible losses like they managed last year— like, like they could they pull they it and off
0: finished the season last year yeah. yeah no or or it just takes a couple of these other teams clicking and really really mm-hmm. figuring out like like to me I look at a team like New Orleans like I, I I don't know necessarily believe that they can do it but if they could if they could figure out how to make Anthony Davis and, and DeMarcus Cousins work yep. together that's that's suddenly a team who who could win easily you know push up to 50 games if they could well that's Chris Finch's job work. right like
2: that's why right, they yeah, took exactly. it from us
0: that's that exactly. was what they wanted Boom! Perfect segue from Gordon Gross right there because our next topic is <laughs> assistant coaches. I like it. I like it. You're doing my work for me over here. It's that's good. That's good. I don't have much. I don't have much left in the tank after the, the fence building all day. Um, but yeah, so let's let's jump right into uh, right into assistant coaches. So the Nuggets, of course, they've hired two coaches in like the past maybe two or three weeks. Uh, the first one they hired was Bob Weiss. That which is. Bob, I, I'm actually very, I'm pretty excited about about Bob Weiss being a hire because Bob is, uh, I mean he he's been around for a long time. He uh, he was what head coach of Atlanta back in the 1990s, um, early 90s, like 1993. i mean, the guy. The guy's he
2: was head, head coach of, of the Sasonics too, yeah, in the 90s.
0: Right, right. And so Gordon from Seattle, he knows all about. You're he, probably a big time uh, Bob Weiss. Bob Weiss. Savant over here. You
2: can tell us everything. <laughs> <where you> no, <know. laughs> Bob, Bob was on was on George Carl's steps,
0: so that's where I know him from in in uh, from
2: Seattle. That's correct. And then that's they uh, they wound up giving him the gig when um, Carl got fired. I believe. Uh, no, actually, I think it was when Nate
0: McMillan got let Nate go McMillan. to Portland. Yeah. Um. Was I think Bob Rice right. took it's... over for that. You're right, because McMillan took over for Carl, right? Because McMillan was Carl's player. Right. And then, yeah. Who knows?
2: But, but yeah. But Maybe. Bob. But Bob Weiss was just basically like, "Look, man, I want an open offense. I just want you guys to run and cut all the time, uh, run on principles." So he was a. He was definitely a George Carl guy. So it's not necessarily a bad idea to have him come in. But I just assume that he's going to be there to um, help Malone out with some eyes that have seen things that Malone hasn't seen as head coach. Mm-hmm. Right. Know? And right,
0: they, and they. I think he said as <coughs> excuse me I think he said as much maybe in the interview I want to say it was with Chris Dempsey um where he kind of said like hey yeah they're not really bringing me in to focus on any certain aspect of the game it's more of a hey I've been around for a long time let me throw these ideas at you let me throw these ideas at you and I was we were talking about it right when he got hired but what I, was, what I was saying was you know when you think about it I mean Brian Shaw had no one like that on his staff um, Michael Malone has never had anyone like that on his staff. The last time you had a coach who'd been around for a long time was when it was George Carl. Um, so, and even, <clears throat> even George Carl, when he first came back to the Nuggets, those first few years, he brought back Doug Moe right. to be one of his assistant coaches. So even, even a guy who is successful and, and his experience as George Carl still saw the value of, Hey, let's bring in the, the old long and tooth kind of coach to just kind of help us, you know, maybe bounce different ideas off the wall or maybe help the head coach run, not not tell him how to do his job per se, but just help give him ideas about how to you know run uh, the organization. There's so much that it goes into a head coach that you don't really even consider. Having a guy like Weiss around who can kind of be that old, the old guy to, to lean on is, uh, I think, is going to be, ex- so, be extremely valuable. Cool.
3: Doesn't, uh, doesn't Weiss have a, an NBA title himself? Did I, mean, I see that in in his information? Maybe not.
0: Maybe he's an assistant. Let's see. I mean, I could tell you here. I don't remember.
3: Like as a as a player, as a player. Oh, as a
0: player, oh, he might have. Yeah, oh, he so,
3: Yeah. he played, uh, he played for the player, Sixers back in the Sixties. That's 60s. what I thought. I saw. for Philadelphia. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it, way back. That's in what
3: the, I I read, and and you know I I think that, that just having somebody around that has competed at that level. You know, even making it past the second round of the playoffs, you need somebody that yeah. understands how to compete like that. You know, you can anybody can make the playoffs, right? Congratulations, but that's not the goal. The goal is not to just make the playoffs and then say, "Okay, great, go team." You know, let's figure <laughs> it out and get get far in this thing. And I think Weiss probably is the one to bring a little bit of that seasoned experience. Right. To that guy. Well, and Denver's right.
2: problem, Denver's problem forever. I mean, they have a GM who'd never been a GM before. Their assistant GM has never been a GM before. Their owner is younger than the assistant GM. Like, you know, you've got a head coach who's one of the – he looks like an old man, but he's one of the younger head coaches (laughs) in the league. Like, and all of his staff are full of babies. Like, he doesn't have anybody who's been around. So I'm perfectly happy with with Weiss coming in to at least, you know, give an old man perspective of – Here's how things have been for the last 30 years in the sport. Let's figure something out um, rather than trying to reinvent the wheel all the time.
0: Right, right. Yeah, and I think that's – not only that, the not even just trying to reinvent the wheel, I think he'll probably try and keep – look, one of the things about Coach Malone, and he'd even admit it, is he – man, he is he is an emotional guy uh, and he is a passionate guy and he tends to wear, uh, oh, wear yeah. his emotions on his sleeve. And sometimes – I mean if if you've ever been been talking to Coach after, after a tough loss, you can see it. I mean he – he has a hard time sometimes controlling his emotion and keeping that even keel, um, and so maybe a guy like Weiss can help him help him do that. All right, Ashley. So I got the scoop. Um, Bob Weiss did play six games for the nineteen sixty seven championship Philadelphia seventy sixers. So I'm not sure.
3: Anything in that environment? That? I
0: like? knowledge. Yep.
3: You yeah, see? it was obviously a long time ago, but you
0: oh, know, sixty-seven. But hey, you never know, right? But I, I think you bring up. Listen, he he's been there, right? And that and that matters, um, especially for a lot of these guys who have not been there. You know who else has been to the finals, though? Of course, is Jameer Nelson. So maybe oh, he can. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> see, <laughs> so he goes Forget both everything ways. I
3: said. Forget everything I said.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew that. I was I was waiting to pull that one on you because I knew that was a. That's what well, he's, he's one of your pet peeves. Um
3: well, I will also it's... say that these new coaches, like so, you know, tying back into the first section, you know, great that Weiss has all this awesome experience and he's gonna be helping Malone and great. But at the same time he's they're they're new. They're still new. And so unfortunately right. that carries with it an adjustment period. And so yeah. um I just I really get frustrated when there's just constant turnover in the NBA, like yeah. all the time. So yeah that That could impact their wins. It could make them have a little more time to get used to things.
0: It's very true, and they don't um you know they haven't they really haven't replaced Chris Finch with anyone because, like I said, I don't think Weiss is filling that role. Um, and so
2: that's still my pet peeve too there is I mean, like they just hired um you know David Edelman, who he is most famous for being a coach's son, which is where Malone comes from as well. Right. Like, but at least Malone's carved out some of his own, you know, legacy for himself as right. a head coach and as a guy who was a very respected assistant around the league. And I can't find anything on David Adelman other than, you know, some brushes with the law ten years ago. Like, there's nothing. Yeah, right. I I know he does. He was a, a player development guy, and we love those guys. We try to promote player development guys, but I can't tell why that is either. So. We haven't replaced Chris Finch. I'm hoping that, you know, we've gone from Chris Fleming, who went to the Nets, and he was very well respected when he came over, but he was new, right. and that's why they got the jump on him. And then he went to go coach with his, you know, former teammate, which makes perfect sense I to mean,
0: me. Yeah, the other thing about Fleming too, I mean, he was the the head coach for the German national team. I mean, he he yeah. had some chops. He
2: also yeah, had he chops had in chops. his own right. And then Finch was available because um, uh, Dan Tony took over.
0: Right. You know? And Finch was the head coach of an international team as well, right? I think
2: he uh, – He coached internationally. I don't know if he was a head coach. He also coached for the D League. But he had he right. had chops, and he was the offensive assistant for Houston and very well respected around the league.
1: Right.
2: And those guys keep leaving, and it's it's – a, you know, inside the organization this time that they don't lose anything with this offense because that will be another reason like actually said time back to the beginning that I'd be another reason for us to is if our offense goes
0: from steps, people are going to figure you out. Right. Right. Yeah. So here's the, here's the scoop on on Adelman. Um, obviously, he's Rick Adelman's son. Uh, that's that's the, the the biggest the name recognition there. But so here's the deal. So he he came on. He got his first gig coaching as a player development coach with uh, Minnesota back in 2011. And of course, at that time, Rick Adelman was uh, was also the GM or, or Vice president of basketball operations, something like that. Um, so, so obviously there there was that connection that, that got him the job because before that, um, he coached uh, Lincoln High School in Portland. Uh, they won some district championships, a state championship. Uh, Part of that, he was an assistant coach at uh, Jesuit High School in Portland. Uh, and then, you know, he, he played, he went to the university of Portland. I don't know that he actually played for the university of Portland. Um, uh, so there's not, <laughs> there's just not a lot there. You know I mean? I, granted the Nuggets didn't go all Rockies on us and make him the head coach. Uh, after all he had was high school experience and he doesn't, I mean, he's been in the league now for five years, but there's just not a lot. There's just not a lot there. And so he comes on as 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 a player development coach, which is, which is fine. uh we were kind of talking before the pod that's kind of it seems like that's where they also that's also the coaching development um rung that seems kind of how like guys get their start in in the coaching ranks as, as player development and then they they work their way up from there. i just i'm I'm like that with you, Gordon. I just don't know. I mean, I don't know what he really brings. I don't... And and look, I won't know because I'm not there at, at, at every practice, every minute, and seeing what he's doing with the players. And obviously, I mean, he's going to be working and he's going to be helping the team in some fashion. I just don't know that it's it's not nearly as significant, I think, as losing a guy like Chris Finch is, is bringing on a guy like Adelman. <clears throat> Ashley, what were your thoughts on, on Adelman's hire?
3: On Adelman, you said?
0: Yeah. Um,
3: yeah you know, uh, we'll see. <laughs> I, I, I think the nuggets yep. seem to be, uh, you know, they enjoy hiring new people and, uh, apparently training them up to send them off to another team to help other teams win. <laughs> um, I, I have rev- big disdain for that. I really don't like it. So I guess, you know, Adelman got hired cause his
0: dad has a resume.
3: And so I guess the proof will be in the pudding. We'll see. I'm, I'm very skeptical though.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, to me, I'm just like, it's like, ah, meh, all right, we'll wait and see. I mean, like I said, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll be helping out. I'm sure he'll be doing, he'll be fine. He could be a wonderful coach for all we know. I mean, I don't know. I simply don't know. All I know is looking at his history uh, and, and his experience, it's, it's obviously the, that he's, uh, he's not going to be, uh, or at least he should not be relied upon heavily for, for major coaching decisions. Um, like some of your, like obviously head coach or, or your lead assistants. So we'll see. We'll see. Gordon, any other thoughts on on David Adelman? Nope. I think we've already talked about him
2: enough. Until we, I mean, you, you can interview him at media day for me and let me know. But okay. I'm you good. Let
0: us. Uh, coach Malone is usually the only coach we get on media day. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll try. I'll try and get a, a Denver Stiffs exclusive. There the you go. With David Adelman. <laughs> Four
2: minutes with David Adelman.
0: <laughs> Alright. Well I'll tell you what, we um we're gonna go ahead and we'll take a break and then we will get back, we'll do our final segment, which is Wancho Hernan Gomez. We'll get into what he needs to work on. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about his Eurobasket, and then of course we will always decide, hey, if he made it, he takes this next step, what would that mean for the Nuggets? And I actually have a little bit of a different opinion about Wancho taking the next steps than I would have any of our previous ones. So you wanna stay tuned for that. Alright, so we will be right back. Everybody. Zach from Denver Stiffs here. I want to tell you about one of my favorite artists from right here in Denver, Colorado. And that's Porter Lori. You're listening to his single, Escape My Skin, right now. And if you're liking what you're hearing, his album, Hell or High Water, is available on iTunes. Also, you can check out his website, porterlaurie.format.com. That's dot format <laughs> calm give him a
1: listen make it all I broke out of every place that tried to keep me in but I can't escape my Can't escape my skin
3: I stopped to know the man along the way hoping to find some
2: more forgotten words Melodies. he turned to me as if to say hurry boy it's waiting there for you gotta take the life to take me away from you all right everybody
0: welcome back in to the podcast i am zach nikosh by the way i don't think i said that in the intro i always forget um, we are of course with DenverStiffs.com. I am here today with tonight uh, with, with Gordon Gross and Ashley Douglas. They've been so kind. It's to almost, tomorrow. It almost tomorrow. It is almost tomorrow. We are burning. We are literally burning the midnight oil for this for this podcast. So Let's get let's get right into our final our final topic and then we can, we can let everybody get to bed here. Uh, watch over go Gomez. So like I said, we've been doing the uh, we have doing these player reviews where we kind of look at, hey, what do they need to improve upon? Um, what's uh, what's kind of going on with them right now and then hey if they could take the next step in their career how would that affect the Nuggets not just this year but uh, but moving forward um, so Wancho's our, our guy of, of topic of this week uh, Gordon I'll go straight to it when, when, when we're looking at Wancho when you're looking at him what's, what do you think hey this is really what he needs to add to his game or this is what he really needs to polish up to be able to make him a more complete player
2: Look, man, I had this like 2000 word like argument with uh, Daniel like a week ago. Um, <laughs> it really depends for me on what position they want him to play. Like, right. if you want him to play a stretch four as opposed to a ball um, handling three, it changes things for me. But we're getting toward, they keep bringing up positional basketball all the time, how, right. you know, guys just going to play. But I don't. There are people who can play positionless basketball, but I'm not sure that Wancho is one of those people um, because his skill set is really, really useful as a role player, but I don't think it's especially broad right now. Um, so right. for Wancho, like, the best thing he can do for himself really is learn how to handle the basketball and dribble in traffic because he's terrible yeah. at it right now. He's yeah. just terrible at it. That and some passing would be great, but right now if he's just going to be a shooter – if he's gonna you know stretch the floor and grab some rebounds and and
0: nail threes, right, like and hustle up and down the floor, like yeah, yeah. But football, I mean,
2: right. you, you know what? Like, Peja Swayakovich made like he made All Star teams doing that.
0: Yeah, like all he
2: did was stand on the three point line, shoot the ball, grab a couple rebounds, and run That's,
0: the floor. You know, I'm gonna this is this is obviously the totally off topic sidebar. You always talk about who are the greatest shooters of all time. Why do we never bring Page up in that in that conversation? I don't know. People me, should. Page was off. right. He was, he, and it's the I never think because you know I think greatest shooter of all time. I think Curry. I think Ray Allen. I think Reggie Miller. I think Larry Bird. Um, I'm probably missing somebody in there who's who's really obvious. Um, and I never think of Pageau, Stojakovic. But man, for the for the that that the early 2000s, I mean that guy was was hands down the best shooter.
2: Well, he was over 40 um, percent from three still, right? Like that was his huge right. career over
0: 40. I think. Well, Right, right. Like yeah, Paige right. was a, just a, he was a baller. He is. He has that now he's just GM GMing it up over there in in Sacktown with everybody else. Alright, but we're not <laughs> we're not here to talk about it. we'll we'll get Greg Wissinger on if we want to talk about Pajor uh, Stoyakovich. Um so I'm I'm am ta- I'm pretty much with you, uh, Gordon on what you were talking about with Wancho because right now he is he's a he's a spot shoot spot up shooter and he's great. Look, he shot over forty percent last season. I do not think that's a case of small sample size. I have sat there and watched Juancho <clears throat> Watch Hernangomez Gomez shoot shots three feet away from me time and time again. And that guy has the most perfect form that I've ever seen anybody um, shoot the basketball with, at least in person. So I think he's he's legit 100% a stretch for right now, who also I think will help you in fast break. He's going to hustle. He'll get up and down the court. He can finish a fast break just fine. Um, I think he, his hustle will really help him defensively, uh, at least with, with power forwards. But I'm with you, Gordon, I I can't see him as a small forward right now because he cannot, on offense, he cannot create with the basketball in his hands. He just can't do it. He's just not, and it's not that he doesn't have the skill, I just, he's just not quick enough to me. I think he he could probably create back in, you know, in, in Liga ACB, I mean, he'd probably be just fine. But here in the NBA, like, even in Summer League, it was... When they They were they were making effort, right, right, and and he he was really having a hard time with his ball control when he was getting into the lane, you know, and it was just like, man, I, I don't know, and they're gonna need him to play small forward this year. There's just no way around it. It's gonna have to happen. So, like you, the Nuggets have played with. Danilo Gallinari or Carmelo Anthony or one year with Wilson Chandler while Gallo's out but they those are the three guys that have been pl- the starting small forward for them for over a decade. All of those guys have been their best skill is creating with the ball in their hands. So it's tough it it's that's what he's got to work on to me. He's if he's going to be uh, a player who you might consider being a starter one day, then he has got to be able to add that to his game because he's probably his best shot, uh, as long as Nicole Jokic is on the roster, his best shot at making the starting lineup is probably at small forward, not at power forward. So <clears throat> that's that's what I think you should work on. Ashley, what about you?
3: I think he needs to be a three, and I think that he could, once he improves, potentially fill the place of Danilo Gallinari. And that's, right. I think, a tall order. But if you think back to the Golden State Warriors game where he had just the game of his life at that point, right. he's not going to play like that every single game. But what you, what you saw in that game was he started to get his confidence up. And I think, you know, talking about what he needs to improve upon, obviously his handles are horrible and he needs to improve that. But I think his confidence needs to improve and I think that will come yep. with experience and time. It's just kind of a rookie thing. And then also we've seen him improve his you know his physical stature. He's he's bigger. And I think that you know over time once he gets his confidence up and he has more experience, you know, keeping the ball in his hands and having a little bit more presence on the court, he could maybe step up into that three position. Because we don't need another power forward. (laughs) We need a three. And I think he's good at it. I think he could be a great off the bench for Wilson Chandler. And, you know, maybe he can. I I just am (laughs) excited to see how much he improves this season after getting some time in Eurobasket.
2: Right. Yeah. And honestly, off the bench, like we have we have bench creators. We still have Will Barton. Yep. If you play Will at the two, then you can play Wancho at the three. That yep. means that you're going to have to play somebody like Jamal at the one, and then you have two creators on the floor with put Wancho, them the put them out there with Millsap, and, you know, you're good to go. Like, you've got enough people who can pass and enough people who can shoot on the floor, and they'll be okay. I right. think this year for them, like, keeping Millsap or Jokic on the floor for 48 minutes is
0: going to be really key. Yeah, Like, if they yeah, don't do that, it. it's going to be trouble. Ooh, it's going to be super trouble yeah. unless you got – well, we can talk about that, but, I mean, unless you, you're – well, if you've got – yeah, but – I don't know. Yeah. I'm try- see, don't see I'm, trying to, I'm trying to talk myself into it. Maybe, maybe if Trey Lyles work out, then then we'd be all right. Any plan um, <laughs> that
2: starts on betting on Trey Lyles is a bad plan. Yeah, we're back like in we're, plan H.
0: We're, we're back in all those ifs again, right? H, man. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Trey Lyles is going to be great. Um, no, so <laughs> – Ashley, you uh, <clears throat> you touched on you touched on EuroBasket there for a second, which is good because that's that's where I wanted to go next. Because of course, you over there; he's playing in EuroBasket right now. Um, and not only that, he's—I mean—he's playing minutes. He's he's a significant rotation player on that team. Mm-hmm. Um, how big is that, Ashley, for it for him to have that experience? Because it's not the NBA, but man, it's it's about the next best thing.
3: Oh, absolutely. I think it, especially the Spain Spanish team. I mean. You know, Spain is, is a legit... Yeah. yeah, and so I think that experience is just absolutely crucial. Um, I don't know what he did in a month's time frame, but all of a sudden he's, like, huge. And so his time in Eurobasket it's getting sharpened yoked. with the Spanish players. I don't know if the Gasol brothers are playing, but uh, are. Yep. That, are. that experience is huge yeah. for him. Yeah. So... Yeah, I'm excited to see what what he's going to come back like. You know, I think he just improved so much last season. So you get him around right. those other guys, he's going to be going to be good.
0: Well, I think and, and what you were talking about earlier about the confidence thing too. I think that that's really going to be big for him too because if he can if he can be playing regular minutes on the Spanish national team, look, you could put the Spanish national team in the NBA and they would compete. They yep. would be they would be right totally. there with, with with the rest of those teams, so for him to be getting those kind of minutes and, and being playing a significant role and helping his team win, um, and, and in all likelihood, it will probably help them w- go on to win this, win the title, and win the gold here at EuroBasket. But um, if he gets that, if he's getting that, I think that that'll boost his confidence a lot. That'll help him know, yep, I can make it, I can do this. I am, I belong in this league with these other guys. Um, because you're right, Ryan... he was uh, passive. Go ahead, what, what I what I like is that he is playing
2: with two passing big men in yes. that league. Like he's playing with the Gasol brothers, who are behind the back passing, passing uh, um, alley oop from the three point line guys. So it's not right. a stretch to go back from what he's been doing over the summer, and to go back to playing with Jokic and Milsap. It'll be very comfortable for him, and that that makes right. me happy as well. He's not going to have to adjust. He's going to be like, oh, yeah, I played with these guys all summer. We kicked a bunch of ass, and now I'm back here, and we're going to do the same thing here. And he'll be in the same kind of role, which I think is really helpful. It's not like Summer League where we asked him to do a completely different thing than we're going right. to ask him to do the rigorous season.
0: Right, or when he was playing back when he was in the in League ACB and they had him playing, like, center. Exactly, so.
2: yeah. No center for, Yoke, for, uh, for Wancho. That's not a good idea. Wancho. Well, I think exactly.
3: it's kind of cool also that, you know, Wancho's playing with his brother, and yep. then the Gasol brothers are playing. I th- I think that kind of camaraderie really just ignites passion in people. And so hopefully he can bring that to the Nuggets cuz I think that's I think a little bit they're they're missing this this chemistry piece. And right. so, you know, maybe that kind of intangible experience will be good to, for him too.
0: Yeah, absolutely They're And they're missing that I mean I mean coach said it last year. They're, they're missing the leadership piece. Um which you would hope Paul Millsap is uh well, to to an extent, Paul knows. The other thing is is when we're talking leaders, uh, Nicole Jokic has got to realize this is his team, and and we'll go go where he goes. But having a guy like Wancho there as well, who can again have that confidence and then know like, hey, you know, I, I can I can you know, I, I've seen how the chemistry can work with. The, uh, with with my Spanish team, I want to try and recreate some of the things that we did there uh, to help this team out. They, it certainly certainly can transfer. I think so. Um, that's a good point as well. Let's all right. Let's move into the very final final portion of this podcast, which is so. It's funny we've always talked about how a guy has to improve and or if he took that next step. And with and with Nikola Jokic, it was well if he becomes a you know first team All NBA type player. or With Gary Harris, if he becomes a a borderline all-star, same kind of same deal with Jamal Murray, Emmanuel Moutier, uh, Emmanuel Moutier being more of a kind of a similar case with Juanjo Gomez where it's not like, Hey, can this guy become an an all-star? It's, Hey, could this guy be like a starter? Um, on the Nuggets, and and what would that do for the Nuggets? And the funny thing is, is any anytime we've asked these questions so far, it's always been so obvious. It's like, oh yeah, of course. Uh, if if, if Nikola Jokic is a first team All NBA player, the Nuggets would be pretty good. Uh, if Gary Harris makes an All Star team, the Nuggets would be pretty good. If Wancho is a starter, uh, it's a little bit trickier because we've got twenty five different power forwards on the roster, and so and you've got and you're paying one of them thirty million bucks a year, so. Uh, Wancho would have to if, if, if he would have to be the start at the small forward because the other thing about it is even if let's say hey Wancho leaps past Fareed and he leaps past Lyles and he, you know he looks great and after after next season the Millsaps team option comes up and they said no nah, we're ready to roll with Wancho he's our guy we're gonna have him as our new starting power forward thanks for your help for the past two seasons of Paul Millsap you're gone. I.
2: Defense. I oh. Yeah, I don't know
0: how you win exactly. I don't know how you win when your starting power forward is Wancho Hernangomez gomez and your starting center is Nikola Jokic. Like, you are stopping nobody at the rim. You don't. Nobody. So, yeah. that's, to me, so for so I guess to put my my spin on it or my caveat is if, you, if Wancho can become a legit starter at small forward, that is huge because then Wilson Chandler's contract's up at the end of the season. I would don't anticipate he'll resign obviously a lot of things can change and i'm just speculating but given the way wilson was last year and how vocal he was about about his role i think he's going to probably take the opportunity to move on and the nuggets have a giant hole they have no one to fill that that role at small forward so if wancho can become that it's huge it helps them continue on this plan um that they're doing if he becomes a starting caliber player at power forward where he's like hey man this guy's really good we need to play him at power forward we need to get him minutes. Oh, then I think you're in a real you're in a real tough bind, and you probably are better off trading him. So that's that. For the first time, I have a somewhat pessimistic look uh, at a guy who, if he takes the next step, Gordon. What about you? If if Wancho proves to be a starting caliber player, how does that affect the Nuggets?
2: I'm with you. I, I think he would need to be a starting caliber three. I right. still have Wancho penciled in as a as a bench anything, um, just because of where his skill set's at. It's right. it's hard because he's so new to the league, and you're like, well, he's so young, but he's he's six months younger than Jokic. So right. yes, he's so young, but we're asking people of his age on the team to do a lot of water carrying, like they're having to put in a lot of minutes with a lot of important minutes. Him, Murray, all those guys are going to have Harris, you know right. Gary Harris, who's only just uh, you know another yeah, year younger than that. that. Um, you're asking guys to carry a lot of weight. Uh, So for him, yeah, it would have to be small forward for me, even though I've said before that I I view him as kind of a stretch four off the bench. I view him like a Ryan Anderson. You know, uh, that's fine. It's a fluid, you know, situation at forward. He's a combo forward. He's always going to be one. But if he can pull legit starting minutes at small forward and he can defend at small forward, that guy could be really, really great for this team because that's the piece that they are missing right now. Like you said, they don't right. have a young three. They don't have somebody that you can trust. And both Barton and um, Chandler, I expect to be gone after this year. Yeah, right. They're, they just, they're not going to pay yeah, him. As well. So right. uh, you don't have a combo you know, three, and you don't have a, you know the combo forward that you have in Chandler. So Wancho right. has to be the guy. Uh, we'll see how many minutes he gets and, and how well he steps up this year. But he's got so many great skills if he can just – stay in his lane if he can just be one of those guys that doesn't try to do too much and doesn't try to dribble into traffic with four guys against him. That's he can't play like Gallo, like especially not right now. Do not yeah, do <laughs> not do the Gallo. He's not gonna be good at that. He's gonna have to do what he does. He's gonna have to play like Wancho. Go grab rebounds, go block shots, go hustle on, on transition, go spot up for threes in Wancho land and, you know, feel good. That would be a really good role.
0: Gordon, no faith in Darrell Arthur as a combo forward. Ugh. (laughs) And
2: I love Darrell. Uh, For three games a year, I'm going to get Darrell. I really love Darrell. I just – I'm hoping this procedure he's gotten done this summer is going to really help him out. Like it's the sort of procedure that should help him for like two years so that I'll help him get another contract basically. And that's – I'm hopeful that he'll be able to play in enough games this coming year to be really useful. But this is a weird roster for him. So yeah, well, he's
0: he's because when he I plays,
3: mean, the more he plays, the better he shoots. It's amazing,
0: just, right? He's yeah. he's a very viable stretch four in that sense. Really. Like the guy can shoot. he's just his mm-hmm. knees are just his knees just won't do it for him anymore. But he's, as a
2: backup, as a backup to Millsap, like he's basically if a healthy Durrell a Arthur light, yeah. is a terrific backup to Millsap mm-hmm. because he can yeah. play the four, he can defend, he can stretch the floor. Like he can't pass, yeah. but that doesn't matter. Yeah. Like you. He's the backup. why you got Jokic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he's perfect as a backup for if he's healthy. So like I said, my hope for him this year, that could really be a game changer for the Nuggets. If him at the backup four, it doesn't stress Wilson Chandler out by making him play the four too much. You don't have Wancho playing the four overly much, that he can concentrate on the three. It helps your rotations a lot. You'd have to clear out about three power forwards. <laughs> but the he way. you
0: You've just pissed off Kenneth Fareed and Trey Lyles and Tyler Lydon, but that's hot right. I don't. I don't right. expect
2: at least two of those guys to be here very long, so I'm okay with it.
0: Yeah, they got to move at least one, right? Because otherwise, you got to have Kenneth Fareed as your star, as your, as
3: one
0: your bench or guy. Seven or yeah, yeah, one or seven, right?
2: Well, yeah, seven it would have to be there. Fareed. Like, I mean, if if Darrell's not healthy and you're looking for rebounders, Whew. it's got to be Fareed, But then, how do you play Farid next to, um. Uh, well, how do you play Like I don't. Yeah. <laughs> how are you doing this? Like, because I don't you, got Will,
0: that you, got, you got Will Barton on the court, so you just give the ball to Will and be like, "All right, well."
2: Well, that's what uh, happened to last Make year. something. But they were like, "Hey, Will, <laughs> just make some offense happen for us, buddy." Yeah, do you're to do.
0: Yeah. I know there's five guys standing in that lane, but just drive in there, anyways. Yeah, <laughs> you'll be <laughs> fine. It's it's a good plan. A little uh, Will, Poor guy. Ashley, we didn't get to, we didn't get to hear your opinions on on if Wancho became a starter.
3: I think it would be fantastic, and I'm I'm a big Wancho fan, and I'm going to be kind of the rosy, probably a little unrealistic optimist here, but I think he needs to be a three, and I think that um, I will give him a little bit of credit. I will say that Malone tinkering with the lineups last year, I think a lot of people struggled with knowing their role. I think we heard Wilson Chandler express some frustration about, where's my spot? Like, How do I fit into this whole mix? And so I don't completely... I I, I think this year is going to be a really telling year for him to kind of get comfy in his role. And now that now he has a a legitimate need, the Nuggets need him. And so, you know, I'm excited to see how he'll step up to fill that need, because he's definitely going to be off the bench for Wilson Chandler. Uh, And, you know, we'll see if he can take that starting spot, maybe not this year, but next year. And well, he'll have to it's next a- year if Wilson leaves, right. you know.
0: Right. So it's there, it's there for, for the taking for him if he can yeah. do it, that's for sure. So.
3: Exactly. No, I think it's great if he does because I think that, you know, again, it's just this young core coming up and it just, um, you know, I'm looking at ideals here. I, I know that, but I would love to see him blossom into what we saw he could be last year.
2: And he's such a talented kid, man. Yeah.
3: Like, you and want, he, he want.
2: He wants to be great. What I love about both him and Murray is that they want to be great, and they put yeah. the time in. They don't just wish for it. Those guys spend their hours in the gym to be great, and I love that about them. Yeah. And absolutely. they're both
3: scrapping on the floor all the time. Like you yep. don't ever see them get on the floor and just like puts around. I mean, I, Wancho just gets under the rim and gets gets to work, even if he messes it up. He's out there doing something.
2: Yep, right. 100%, no matter where he's going. It might be the wrong way, but he's going to do it as hard as he can, and that's yeah. what I like. Right.
3: I like right. that. Yeah, it's hard.
0: They're young. Give them time. Mm-hmm. Let, let, the, let, let the world beat them down a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll tell you what. That is uh... – we'll end on that note. Why not? Yay. Uh, little little – dreary into the podcast there.
2: This is so. what happens when you wait to Zach do yard work before you put him on the podcast It he gets <laughs> all <true>. nihilistic.
0: <laughs> by, by the time we hit midnight, I'm pretty pissed. Let's just say that. Alright. Um, so that is, yeah, that is that'll do it. So um, Obviously you guys always want to check us out over at denverstiffs.com uh, the largest Denver Nuggets blog in the entire world. Uh, you can all check us out at Denver Stiffs on Twitter at the Denver Stiffs on Instagram. Check out us on Facebook as well. Make sure to like our page. You'll uh, you'll get some stuff uh, on all of those platforms—Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Facebook—that you won't necessarily see on our site. So you always want to check those out as well. A lot of cool stuff that we do there. Uh, Gordon is at G Money Ashley is at Ashley at Ashley NBA Hoops. Mm-hmm. All right. I do still remember. It's been a while since we've had you two <laughs> on the pod. Um, I am at Zach Mikosh, of course. Uh, and Gordon, Ashley, I, I kept you guys up late, but I appreciate you hanging in there and hopping on the show with me. I'm already I'm asleep, man. I can't even hear me. you anymore. It's <laughs> <all great. laughs> We're just going to trail off to Gordon snoring, everyone. Right. All righty, guys. Well, we'll tell you what. We will talk to you next week.
1: Thanks for listening to the Pickaxe Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us on the web at denverstiffs.com. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs.